Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. The episode of this week is released with two days of delay. I'm uh, sorry about that. There are like personal circumstances that prevented me to do it on time, but it is a topic that is really important to me. Uh, it's a topic of uh, mastering or managing your emotions as a consultant. I'm going to talk about six different emotions, like if I can say the six main emotions that people go through during their life, and I will try to adapt to the context of being a consultant. I believe that it is relevant to talk about that today. We have had a pandemic that is not yet over. The way we are working has really changed. A lot of consultants were going to the office, were going to the client office. We were having lunches, we were having parties or uh, after work drinks, etc. And all of that has drastically diminished in some cases or for some people. So how do you master, how do you manage your uh, emotions as a consultant will help you a lot throughout your career. And it will help you a lot when you are reacting to adverse or positive situations when you are working with with a client, when you're working with colleagues on project, or when you're trying to uh, be hired by a consulting company, you're trying to be hired by a client, I think that it is very important. The six emotions I'm going to be talking about are happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, anger, and surprise. So these are the basic emotions I will be talking about. Let's start with happiness. This is the first emotion I'm going to talk about. ERP Happy is the name of my uh, company. It's just a name that I like. I like to make a link between whatever I do towards happiness. But to me, happiness is not a certain, some kind of a final destination that you reach at one stage in your life when uh, everything is perfect all around you and everything is perfect within you. No. Happiness is more of a state of mind, regardless of what are your circumstances. So you know that you will never reach some perfection. You know that you can always do progress. You know that nothing will be completely perfect around you. So it is not really uh, something that you try to reach. However, very often as a consultant, and I see that even with uh, very experienced consultants, we tend to be coked up so much into the minutia, the minutia of what we are doing on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, that we actually forget the big picture. And the big picture is that as a B2B consultant, you have gained the trust of organizations, of enterprises, of founders, of CEOs, of CXOs, of key users, of end users, etc. to uh, help them solve an important problem over time, whether that time is weeks, days, months, years, but you have gained the trust of all those people in order to uh, execute your job. That is very important because there are professions where you have no choice but to uh, go meet them. You have no choice. If you have a problem with your teeth, you have no choice but to go to the dentist. Any health problem, you have no choice but to go to your uh, doctor or to a nurse. However, to hire a consultant, to call upon a consultant is a choice. It's a complete choice. We are not part of the organizations we are working with. We are temporarily with them. So we got the uh, opportunity to uh, enter into their world. We got the opportunity to access some of the cherished information that they have for a certain period of time. And I think only for that, I am happy to be a consultant. And I think it is related to being grateful as well. 
I think that it is something that is very often forgotten by a consultant. It's just because we are so much cooked up into doing a project, trying to succeed, trying to go live on time, trying to provide the best solution possible. And then we are not completely satisfied and we feel then uh, stressed and maybe sad and angry, etc. So we get into those other emotions that I would be uh, talking about. So I believe that if a consultant is not happy, either they don't like what they do or they don't know why they are doing what they are doing. They don't like how it is done. Maybe uh, before uh, the pandemic, there was a lot of uh, work where you had to travel from Monday to Thursday and then uh, come back home on Thursday night or Friday. So uh, having a work-life balance was very difficult. They may not like who they are working with, whether it is on the consulting team side or uh, on the client side, or uh, just they don't take the time or they have no time to appreciate uh, really the fact that they are uh, consultants. And happiness as a basic emotion, as a consultant, is really something, in my opinion, that uh, you can reach I want to say easily, just because in order to do your job, you need to gain the trust from so many different types of people just to be allowed to do your job. That's something that is very specific to uh, consulting. So that was what I wanted to say about that first emotion, happiness. The second emotion I want to talk about is sadness. It's a difficult uh, emotion to deal with because it can come from very important events. So you could maybe have lost someone, you could have had a, an important injury, you could have been ill, etc. So there are a lot of things that can uh, put you into sadness. In the context of consulting, of course, all of that does apply. I believe also it can be due to some disappointment or uh, dissatisfaction with regards to professional achievement. So let me explain. So for example, you are uh, busy on an implementation project for a um, chemical company. You wanted a certain methodology to be applied to, uh, to that project. For example, you wanted the project to be more agile, but uh, at the end, it is a, a methodology that is more what is called waterfall. When I talk about uh, Agile, it's more being able to uh, implement the solution component by component and uh, with iterations. And uh, what is waterfall? It's like a huge waterfall where you try to uh, implement the whole solution all at once at the same time. This is in a nutshell what I try to uh, summarize with the difference between waterfall and Agile. Maybe it's an exaggeration, but that can lead to sadness. Not the simple fact that you chose a, a certain methodology, maybe all the consequences of this is that you are not able to uh, show your best to the project because of the strategy. You are not able to um, implement actually the best solution because the best way to do it is really agile. If you do in waterfall, there are so many constraints that you just cannot provide the best solution to your client at that point in time. The reaction that you can get to uh, sadness, I'm going to take another example of sadness, maybe a stronger example. Another uh, event that can lead you to sadness is after having worked for so many years or for so many hours, having made, uh, having traveled, having worked for long hours, you're a consultant and you're a, uh, an employee in a consulting company, you expect maybe a promotion or you expect a salary rise for the next year and you see that uh, you're not up for promotion. While you are seeing other people that you think have not done more than you or have not performed necessarily better than you, they are up for promotion and they are promoted. That can also lead you to uh, uh, sadness. It's a type of disappointment that can lead you to sadness and to maybe uh, question yourself as a uh, question your worth, uh, question uh, your career, etc. So how to deal with that? Because very often sadness is something that you leave inside. You keep it in you and uh, you uh, then sometimes the moment that you uh, express yourself is after you have made a decision out of sadness. So all of a sudden you come up to say, okay, I resign. Okay, I quit this project. You start to be angry or you start to be a little bit more direct or a bit more rude to your colleagues or to your clients. All of that comes from dealing with sadness. 
the best way to deal with sadness, in my opinion, is taking the time to distance yourself and always think that you cannot reach perfection, but you can always progress. If you take some distance from the situation and then you try to look up, you, maybe you take a piece, a pen, a piece of paper, and you try to see, okay, where was I before the project started? Where I am now? I, where do I want to head? And what are the roadblocks for me towards my goals? So what stands in the way of me reaching my goals? Because what makes me sad is usually something that is temporary. It's not something that is permanent. So shall I make permanent decisions with a temporary situation? I think that it is something to take really uh, into account. Way too often, some people take very important decisions, decisions that have a huge impact because of a temporary situation. And sometimes that temporary situation was misunderstood. The way they understand it, so for example, not being uh, promoted is maybe the way they uh, understand it, but they did not talk it through with the relevant people. So I believe that sadness, what is important with sadness is not to keep it completely inside and not trying to um, express it indirectly through a passive aggressive way or by being angry or by resigning, but try to really take the time to uh, talk it through with relevant people. And uh, I think that leads me to uh, mention that I need to make another episode about uh, the network of relevant people to uh, to talk to according to some subjects. I think that is something also that is very, very much overlooked. We can talk about that network of people as uh, other consultants, but still, I think it's a topic that is very overlooked. Uh, before we make decisions, it's important to always have some uh, guides and some uh, people that can provide very good advice before we are making those decisions. So how to deal with sadness? Really try to take some distance, take a pen and a paper and uh, see and understand that um, there is no perfection, but there is only progress and see what are the roadblocks towards happiness and fulfillment. The third emotion I'm going to talk about is fear. Fear is a very relevant emotion during a pandemic. How many people have uh, taken fear-based decisions? It's countless. Uh, we're not going to the subject of the pandemic and the COVID, but a lot of people today are making decisions, making moves based on fear. And I am not saying it as a negative thing. It's a totally uh, human thing. And I have taken fear-based decisions as well during the pandemic. So it's very common, but it's a very powerful emotion. And in the context of consulting, how fear can express itself. Before acquiring clients, you may be fearful of pick up your phone, dial a number, and call a prospect. Writing an email, write a direct message on LinkedIn and click on send. You may be fearful of making a presentation. You may be fearful of making a software demonstration. You may be fearful if you're inside a project, you might be fearful of suggesting your uh, budget, suggesting your um, schedule. You think that uh, if you present your uh, schedule to the uh, steering committee, the the members of the steering committee will uh, raise their uh, eyebrows and uh, will uh, react in anger or uh, will be uh, against the schedule that you are suggesting. So you can fear a lot of things. You can also, uh, simply said, you can fear what is called failure. Failure, which is a very vague word, precise and vague at the same time. You can also fear success. So, uh, so many times fear enter into the context of the life of a consultant, but how do you deal with it? Usually people, when there is fear, you want to uh, fight it, you want to fly, or you want to maybe negotiate. And usually what you do with fear is, uh, is in between is negotiating. Again, it is the importance of taking a distance from the situation, even though I know that it can be a direct situation, but try to always understand the context. Don't go away. Don't quit or don't reject that emotion, but face it. 
head on without trying to be too confrontational. So what I mean by that is that if you're afraid or if you're fearful about making a presentation at the steering committee, first of all, don't say that uh, you're sick on that day and uh, you want somebody else to do it, but try to do it. But if you try to do it, don't overdo it. Don't do it without trying to get someone to review it before. Don't do it before making a what is called a dry run. A dry run meaning a, a kind of a rehearsal of it with the relevant people that can uh, ensure that uh, you're providing the right information in the right way. And then you can start to deal with fear. You can also fear positive things. You can also fear success. So fear of success can be, you know that if you get this um, client, your business will uh, go to a totally other level you will get to the next level. And sometimes people actually fear that because they feel that they don't deserve to have that success. You have to understand where does that come from and try to be uh, comfortable with it. And one way to be comfortable with it is again, to have that network of uh, reliable and uh, credible people. They don't have to be part of your family. They don't have to be uh, your best friends, but it could be actually other uh, consultants or just people that you know personally that have the sound advice on uh, how you can deal with that type of fear that you have. But what is important really with fear is neither fight it nor flight it, but face it head on always with a certain distance. So don't have a, a shaky voice. Don't breathe too quickly. Really try to deal with fear and uh, live with it and face it head on. The fourth emotion is really um, an emotion that I don't advise anyone to show a little bit like fear, disgust. Of course, disgust can be uh, completely physical. So uh, it can be uh, someone that has maybe poor hygiene, maybe some smell of some food, the taste of some food can lead you to be in disgust. But in the context of consulting, it's not necessarily something tangible like that. It could be disgust what someone has said, what someone has done. So some organization has decided to fire employees or fire a department you felt that was very important for the client organization. So, so many things can lead you to disgust. Again, disgust can be a temporary emotion that could lead you to make permanent decisions. The advice that I want to take regards to disgust is to know that maybe this is an emotion where taking a permanent decision could be the right things to do. So for example, if you're um, working for a consulting organization and uh, you have one of your boss that you see is really bossing around all his team, his or her uh, team making, for example, unwanted or uh, inappropriate advances to some of your colleagues or to yourself, you know that you're in an environment where you should not stay. So you would have to take a, a kind of permanent decision or an important decision. Either you have to report it and you have credible and reliable people with whom you can uh, report that behavior and maybe that behavior can be uh, changed. But sometimes when it goes way too far, you know that it might not be an accident and it might just be someone that is used to uh, do that and would take time to uh, get that out of her or his system. So you might decide that you will leave. Maybe you will leave the project, leave the department, leave your organization or report the person and then the organization would make the person leave. But disgust is really uh, an emotion where a strong emotion where taking a permanent decision, such as, for example, leaving the company or leaving the client might be the right thing to do. Imagine yourself living every day, eating a food that you hate, or I mean, hate is a, a strong word, but I mean, food that you dislike. It's really not a nice emotion and it will always overtake other emotions. So uh, disgust, I think it's, a, again, it's a healthy emotion to have, normal emotion to have, but that's where maybe taking permanent decision could be the right thing to do. But how do you understand disgust? 
maybe there is one exercise that you can do. Have you ever taken, again, a pen and a paper and written down what actually will disgust you at work or uh, what would disgust you in your uh, consulting job? So if you say, okay, people that are performing, that are doing sexual harassment or uh, emotional, uh, psychological harassment, people that are completely disrespectful, people that uh, have bad behavior, even if they are on Zoom or Google Meet. So they, they are all things, if you can list some of those things, and it's more like a brainstorm because... Uh, there is an infinite list of things that can be disgusting. That would help you to know, okay, I am really in a situation where it's way over the line, it's way over my limit, and I have to make a decision, but I cannot see this person again. So either me or him or her will have to leave the situation. Fifth and almost the last emotion, anger. Anger is very uh, powerful. It's different than disgust and fear. So you can be disgusted and not angry. You can be fearful and not angry, but anger is usually precedes a, uh, and I want to say an angry behavior, but an aggressive behavior. Either it's aggressive in words, aggressive in facial expressions, aggressive in physical gestures, which I really don't advise you to ever do, but anger can lead to uh, one of those type of responses. I believe that you need to deal wait, anger. We know the word anger management. Yes, anger is a negative emotion, but it's, uh, again, I think it's a healthy and normal emotion to have. And as a consultant, I have lived that uh, several times and I have made several mistakes during my career. So sometimes out of anger, I have responded to emails, even emails that were kind of reply to all. And the content of the email will be a little bit disrespectful or has a tone that shows a bit of uh, contempt towards me or towards what I do. And sometimes out of wanting to be uh, respected or to feel respected, I have in anger responded by email and it has never, ever turned out to be positive for the situation or for me. It has never worked. <laughs> so uh, if you ever think of that by writing an email when you're angry and making sure that the person that receives the email know that you're angry, and sometimes even people that are in CC that are not even supposed to read that know that you're angry towards that person. If you think that this is good, it will never, ever work. Never do that. If you have the chance to uh, diffuse weight that your anger is uh, passing or that your anger diminishes over time, do it. So if you feel that you're very angry, maybe get off your uh, screen, whether you are reading an email or reading something that was on your phone or on the laptop, but go away, turn off the device, or maybe uh, just put on some music, go outside, take some fresh air, talk with someone else about some positive things, etc. But get away from that situation so that the feeling of anger can diminish and you can then make a more rational decision. Maybe instead of being angry, and this is something that I do right now. So when I see emails that look disrespectful, even if there are many people in CC and, and I really want to defend myself, I will not do it again on the spot, uh, trying to uh, send a reply to all and uh, try to fight the person that has that I feel has attacked me. But what I will do is either I will uh, let the situation uh, go for a few hours and uh, read again and try to understand where the person comes from and then contact directly that person, but only that person, no one else. And usually I will do it verbally. So I would usually call the person. And otherwise, if I have no choice but uh, to answer directly, so for example, it could be a face-to-face uh, -face meeting, we are all in a room and there is some statement that is made towards me, I would ask the person to rephrase or to provide more context about what is being said. And then either I would think that it is appropriate to answer directly, but again, it's answering, it's not fighting. I would answer directly on the specific point 
points that the person is making. And maybe I will tell the person that I think we should uh, discuss uh, one-on-one on this in order to uh, avoid that type of situation later and uh, agree on the way to uh, collaborate that will not lead to uh, that. I believe that doing that is way more uh, productive and constructive than uh, responding to anger with anger, (laughs) if you understand me well. So I have made that mistake uh, a lot of time. And uh, acting when you're angry is really not good, even though you want to feel respected or you want to be respected. And maybe anger that you get after analysis, it becomes disgust because you see that the person is actually like that and doesn't want to change and think that it is normal to disrespect you or it's normal to attack you. Then you can make decisions that are a bit more permanent like leaving the project, leaving the person, or maybe tell them that you don't want to work with the person, but at least you have taken the time to uh, assess the situation, let the person rephrase or uh, repeat what they wanted to say, and then you are making a uh, sound decision. So don't respond with anger on the spot with another form of anger. Always as a consultant, you want to master your emotion. So even though you have that emotion of being angry, always try to stay grounded and uh, give the chance to the person to rephrase, give the chance to yourself to uh, think through what you would say and try to respond to the actual situation first and then the overall context try to talk about it with the person and maybe to with other relevant persons so that you can understand in which context that person is actually uh, addressing you in anger and the last emotion is something that is um, common to uh, most consulting projects is uh, surprise. And yeah, when we think about surprise, maybe we think about negative surprise, but there are also positive surprises or um, something neutral. It is linked to me to the word risk, actually. Risk management in project management. Risk can be negative or can be positive. So a uh, positive risk becomes an opportunity. A negative risk becomes a threat. And with regard to those risks, we either have full control, a certain degree of control or no control at all. And therefore, the way you respond to that is different. If the positive surprise can happen and you have uh, no control over it, don't worry at all about it. If a negative surprise can happen, but you have control over it, yes, put in place a mitigation plan. If a negative surprise can happen, but you have zero control over it, I would not say don't worry about it, but try to also have a mitigation plan, but you maybe cannot over plan it because you have zero control over it. Surprises in consulting project can be, okay, finally, the client wants to stop the project. That's a very negative surprise. Finally, the client wants actually project to be increasing the scope of the project. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative for you. It all depends. Surprisingly, the client comes up with an amazing review of your work, even though you were thinking that uh, your work was not great or uh, was not really appreciated because you felt that the client was often angry at the work that you were doing or doubtful about the quality of your work. And all of a sudden, you see that the client leaves a very positive review or a very positive recommendation about uh, you and, uh, and what you do. And that's when you want to show gratitude. You want to be grateful and you want to uh, express that to the client. So towards positive surprise, You want to show, yes, you're happy, but you also want to be uh, grateful for that and uh, express that gratitude to the person that bring the person or the situation that brought the positive surprise. Because the positive surprise can also come from someone else, some other organization, but it can also come also come from you, from yourself. And in that case, just be grateful as well. I don't want to go too much into religion or spirituality, but if you want to be grateful about your God or whichever being or spirit in which you believe, can do that as well. With negative surprise, you have to look at those other emotions as well. Fear, anger, be very careful about reacting to 
too quickly to negative surprise. Of course, I'm also human. I mean, uh, if you lose a very uh, important person, I will understand that uh, you might be uh, crying, screaming, etc. But uh, I'm talking more about the negative surprises that happen on the job that are not life threatening. Because if you go back to the first emotion, which is uh, happiness and uh, happiness, some form of uh, gratitude, gratitude to the fact that our job is not a function that is mandatory for uh, individuals and organization. Nobody is forced. Nobody does have to uh, contact consultants uh, legally. So it's always a choice. An organization that wants to have consultants really decides to do it. For other professions, they don't have the choice. If someone brings me to court, I have no choice but to have a lawyer. Absolutely no choice. However, for a consultant, it's really a proactive choice on my part to call upon consulting organization. So that's why I am happy which is the first emotion, but also surprise again, whether they are positive or negative, it's a little bit like risk management. You usually try to have a mitigation plan, try to have a plan in case the positive surprise arrives to grab that opportunity with both hands. So this is this was the episode about those six basic emotions in the context of consulting and how to master your emotions as a consultant. I'm not used to make that type of episodes, but I hope that the experiences that I have shared and the opinion that I have shared are saying something to you. And uh, if you like the episode, please don't hesitate to let me know. Leave a review on Apple or on Spotify, but also you can uh, directly contact me at my uh, LinkedIn, so Diogen Tiran Decoura, and also uh, by email, Diogen at erphappy.com. All of that is in the show notes of the episode, so you'll find it. Uh, so whether you're listening on the treadmill, listening in your car, listening while walking, uh, maybe walking your dog, etc. I hope that you enjoyed the episode and see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Tirandekourat.